grace and peace upon you, Fresno First family. Good morning. morning. (laughs) It's a good day in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Today is the last Sunday of the month, and that means it's Family Sunday. And this Family Sunday is special in so many ways. Number one, Jesus is alive. Today's Pentecost Sunday, and we're alive. And it's through the the power of the Spirit that God has gathered us all together today. And today is the day that we're reminded and we we commune together at the the table of grace. And and also there's something else going on. There's an installation for a new pastor. I heard about him. Yeah, I heard about him. Want to meet him? I heard he preaches long. And if you are new... Welcome. We are so blessed and excited to worship with you. And if you could just do us a favor and fill out a connection card, stick it in the connection box in the back of the sanctuary or the connection box on the the door to the office in the lobby, that would be fantastic. And uh, with that, would you join me? Going for the Lord is God's people of? Amen. Heavenly Father. You are our God, our creator, the giver of life, and unending, eternally unending and perfect holy love. Thank you for your presence with us today, for calling us to you, for transforming us through your spirit, through your word, through your grace, through your body, by faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for making us on purpose, and thank you for making us for purpose. We ask you to forgive us when we act out of your character, and we ask you to help us forgive those that act out against us. We lift up to you those in our community and within our community that need your healing presence and touch, physically, emotionally, spiritually. We ask you to move in, in the leaders around the world, Lord, and lead, to lead in your mercy, your justice, your grace, and your wisdom. And we bring these petitions to you, Lord, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All of God's people said? Amen. Amen. Stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He! And together we sing. Every morning, holy is the Lord. 
And on Family Sunday, during Instead of Missions moments, we go before the Lord this month and remind each other and ask each other to participate in, in praise and prayer. And, and Timmy's going to go ahead and take notes, and then it'll be up in the lobby next week, and then all month we can praise God and pray to Him those things from His body. And so with that, does anybody have any praise over the last month they want to give to the Lord? Yes, I am praising God. I got that document that's filed. <laughs> so we have until June 15th 
They told me I would have it on that day or before, ready for court. Okay. So. All right, so that was June 15th, so that's a praise. We've been praying for that. That's awesome. Does anybody have any more, any other praise that they want to praise God about for the last month? Are you talking about May or are you talking about April? <laughs> this month, May. Um, you guys all been praying for Travis. He's been across seas, you know, been deployed. And, you know, God is so amazing. He works through people's lives. So Travis was supposed to come home originally like a month ago. But he kept letting people go in front of him because they just had babies or their wife, you know, their things are going on. So anyway, so he's supposed to come on the end of June. But all I can say is he's coming home a lot sooner than that. And by next Sunday, we should just say he's safe at home. That's all I can say. <laughs> but praise God. Awesome. Praise God. And then I got a praise. So <clears throat> I went to that conference and I, uh, I went over and saw Joseph and I went to his house. And he makes a really good uh, egg McMuffin. <laughs> and so he made that. Um, and he wanted me to share that the ankle bracelet is coming off like, within the next two weeks. He's got that job. And he would go at the Sacramento airport at, at, uh, fixing cars. And then he's also getting a new vehicle. And he's investing. And he's looking to go ahead and get a new place. But right now, his focus is taking care of his family, <clears throat> sharing Christ with them, and bringing them to church now. So when Joseph went, he, we didn't send Joseph. He took everybody along. Our daughter-in-law, she's um, she has worked up in um, Klamath Falls, Oregon, for ten years, ninety hours a week. Um, she's a doctor. She would do her doctor's work, then she would work at, at the clinic, and then she would go and do on call and deliver babies at the hospital. She would go up to the uh, state committees and and just all kinds of different uh, organizations and started new programs in Klamath Falls in Oregon and she just found out that all of her medical bills have been forgiven for 10 years of community service. Does anybody have any other praises? My tissue's over there. I may need it. <laughs> um, we love our grandkids. How many of you have grandkids? And you love every one of them, right? And if you have adopted grandkids, yes, praise God for them. Love them dearly. Uh, one of our young adopted grandchildren had an anger issue. to the place where every single day his parents were told that he was either saying something very inappropriate to the teacher or to another student or hitting, and usually all three every day, to the point where he'd been in three classes and they were very gracious and said, we, we need to meet, the next step is 
to expel him. He was only nine years old. Prayer went up. I had everybody I knew praying. And uh, <laughs> we are grateful for any avenue God uses. Amen? Amen. Amen. And it's fascinating sometimes what he uses to answer prayer. The school came to his mom, who was open to anything, his mom and dad, and said, we've got an idea. There is a hospital we can put him in. He'll be out of the home for a while, anywhere from a few days to a week with other students with the same issues. And afterwards, there could be a difference. They said, let's see what God will do. When he came back for the last couple of weeks of school, not one day of inappropriate behavior, praise God. He is healed of that. He had, he's coming along. It is, he's not perfect. But oh my goodness, God has brought him so far to him be the glory. And I just want to thank him for that. My son has been having an issue with one of his eyes probably for a month or so. It's been bloodshot. It's been terrible. Um, he lives up in Toll House and he's working in Huron. So he stayed with me um, a few nights this last week and I've been trying to get him to a doctor and trying and trying and trying. Well, this morning when I was in Bible study, my daughter-in-law texted me and said, we are at the ER at the hospital. Um, and then she texted me back. The doctor says it's allergies and it just affected one eye more than the other. We've got drops now and hopefully this is going to be taken care of. It was bad enough that he asked me the other day if I had any old antibiotics laying around. And I said, no, I don't, but you do need to see a doctor. So now he has. Well, I believe God is healing my, my knee. We have, I've been, I had ice it the last two days, two times a day, and it was giving me a lot of trouble. But I praise the Lord for his healing power. And do we have any prayers? Really in prayer for Brother Chad and his back. He is really hurting. I like to keep Chad in our prayers. Um, I'd like to lift up uh, my papa, my grandpa. Um, he's not doing good right now. Um, he's uh, had just some setbacks and decline in his health, and so um, just keep him in, in prayer for God's healing and uh, peace and uh, just for our family. Um, and, yeah, that's, yeah, just keep him in prayer. I'd like us all to pray for Lori Murrow. Lori called the other night and her dad has had a stroke and she he's in idaho she's here and has no way to get to him uh she had an update the other night and found out that the stroke was caused from his heart problems and he's evidently had a heart bypass before but so we have been praying for his healing but most of all we pray for his spiritual life for his 
his healing there for his salvation. And uh, so I'm speaking for Lori this morning, okay? We want to, and we want to keep Lori in prayer. This is hard on her. So, and she lost her grandpa Dan last year, so we need to pray for Lori. Yeah, and the dad's in Idaho. So, oh, thank you. Any other prayers? Keep Beverly in your prayers. She's still at the uh, rehabilitation center. She is getting stronger. Um, we're praying that she can come home this, this week. We also had another incident at um, our place of residence, a long-term long resident, David, um, was found um, on his, in his bathroom floor, and he was there for 12 hours. Um, he, is, he has fought from going into a uh, assisted living, and this is very, very necessary. Um, and um, it's pray for him, pray for him spiritually. He's, he's a Christian Catholic Jew. So um, his, his, so it's a, and um, he's been someone that we've watched over the years walk. He walks every day, all day long. But his walking is about, I don't know, <laughs> very, extremely slow. You can't even tell that he's moving sometimes. And he's living alone, and, and he needs to accept that he cannot do that anymore. Um, so pray for him. Anybody else? I just want to pray for my mom um, and the baby. She's having another one, and I just pray that this one comes out good. And then we're going to praise God. And then, who has an unspoken prayer? Raise your hand. All right, for those, just look around for unspoken prayers. And uh, let's go ahead and go for the Lord. Lord, we praise you. Thank you for opening our eyes to your movement, to <clears throat> watching you, to your grace, and, and transforming us and transforming the lives around us, Lord. And we, we, we lift up those that need prayer. Lord, we lift them up to your throne room, and we thank you for taking care of it. We glorify you, and we worship you. Thank you, Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. And the, uh, what I like to do is right now, I'd like to just pray for the offering. And so uh, please go before the Lord in prayer again. Heavenly Father, it, we can't get enough going before you in prayer. That's where it comes down to. Everything we have comes from you. And we just ask that for the offering, Lord, and for our givings, that you would just let it be joyful, as the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, that it come from a good place. 
Lord, and we love and we thank you and we ask to multiply it for your kingdom glory to transform this community through your people here. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And if you're able, please stand as we go before the Lord in song. John 14, 15 through 17. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. Amen.
virgin birth. I believe in the saints' communion and in your holy church. I believe in the resurrection that Jesus comes again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again for I believe in the name of Jesus I believe in God our Father I believe in Christ the Son I believe in the Holy Spirit our God is three in one I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again for I
Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I have one announcement and then a really special uh, gift uh, for Pastor. But uh, first announcement is just after um, service, there's going to be uh, pizza and prayer. I almost said pasta. <laughs> pizza and prayer. So uh, everybody's welcome. Join us. And um, that's the announcement. Um, and then I'd like to have Pastor Jason come up. Uh, and Shelly, if you could come up just real quick. Sorry. Um, I do want to give really special credit, she probably doesn't want it, but for Anita. Um, Anita had a really great idea. This is from uh, everybody at the church. The church board came up with this, and uh, Anita had, yeah, just an awesome idea. We just wanted to give you this on installation service day, so here's a, a gift from the church. Um, yeah, if you could open it, because it's got some really cool stuff that, yeah. I just wanted them to open it because uh, Anita did some really amazing uh, work on that, so. Yep. loud in my own head. <laughs> this is our district superintendent, Pastor Rob Sunger, Reverend Rob Sunger. Um, I've known Pastor Rob for, it's been a minute, I think it was at least, at least a long time, we'll just say that. <laughs> love this man, I love Pastor Debbie, they're dear friends of Shelly and I. Uh, we're very blessed to have him as a district superintendent and to, to go uh, before the Lord with Pastor Rob giving God's word. So would you bow as we uh, lift Pastor Rob up? Heavenly Father, I just ask for a special anointing upon my brother, my friend, my district superintendent, my pastor. Lord, that your spirit would embolden him, speak through him as he shares your holy word to us. May we receive it with open hearts, Lord, and, and take, take this message and put hands and feet to it as we enter into the mission field to those around us and remember who we are in Christ. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good morning, saints of God. Great to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It is a real joy for Pastor Debbie and I to be able to be with you on this special day. In just a little while, we'll get to the important stuff of uh, installing your pastor. But this morning, we want to take some time to just open our hearts to God's word and trust that God will be with us today. Let's see if I can get this little device to work here. There we go. Um, this is not only uh, Pentecost Sunday, but you know that this is Memorial Day weekend. And so there will be millions of Americans this weekend that will take some time to just remember 
and to give thanks for those who sacrificed their lives to secure our freedom. Several years ago, Debbie and I had the opportunity to go and to actually stand on the beaches of Normandy, France. And so we got to stand there on the cliffs of Omaha Beach and just reflect uh, what that was like in those days. And so we walked through all of that and tried to get our minds around what that might mean. Uh, we stood on those cliffs and we walked among the crosses of those 10,000 people that died that day. We even met a man that uh, had fought on those beaches that day. And so to all who ever served, to all who may be serving still today, we just say thanks. But today, I want to talk to you about a date that is far more important than any date in our national history. A date that's more important than any date in any nation's history. I want to talk to you about Pentecost. Today is Pentecost Sunday, so let me just say it to you. Happy birthday, church. Amen? Amen. Just look at your neighbor and just say happy birthday. Uh, today is the birthday of the church, and so it's a day for us to celebrate. But I think we also understand that uh, for, for us, oftentimes, uh, Pentecost is kind of that forgotten date. It, it's a forgotten date in so many ways that's just kind of largely overlooked. Uh, Jesus, we have sung about Jesus. We think about Jesus. Jesus we know, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose again, ascended to the right hand of the throne of God, and Jesus promised that he would send another, an advocate, a comforter, that he would send the Holy Spirit to be in the world, and not simply to be present in the world, but to be present in us. And so we begin to understand that if it were not for Pentecost, None of this is here. We're not here today. We understand that. Uh, that if it were not for Pentecost, there would have been no Apostle Paul. There would have been no Martin Luther, no Martin Luther King. There would have been none of the things that we know about the church. There would have been no sense of America, although we recognize that we're probably not really much of a Christian nation but that we've had these foundings. And so some of the things that we say, we say that we believe that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all people are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. See, none of that really happens in America or in Europe or in any other place apart from the influence of the Holy Spirit. And so, we're just thankful that this is Pentecost Sunday. If it were not for Pentecost, today the church would still be a small Jewish sect. And we would be asked to be fully Jewish before we became Christian. But we understand that Pentecost did happen. The Holy Spirit did come. The church of Jesus Christ was born. You think of what happened because of Pentecost. The day that the church was born, there were 120 people praying. Within 250 years, the church had grown to over 20 million believers. And so that good news spread all across the world and continues to spread even today. But it seems to me that there's something that has gone wrong. Something that has happened in so many ways. It seems that in churches across America, around the world, 
that in some ways the Holy Spirit has become the forgotten God. And Pentecost has become the forgotten date of God's assault through the church on the gates of hell that we might hear the good news, that our lives might be transformed by the, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I have to tell you that I've actually seen the evidence of this terrible forgetting. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Pastor Debbie and I had the, the privilege of being in Barcelona. And so on a Sunday afternoon, we're just walking through the old streets of, of Barcelona and we're walking down this very narrow street and we walked into this great courtyard and here is the Cathedral of Barcelona. It's just about a thousand years old. It is this magnificent building and you can see that there were hundreds of people in the plaza there laughing and eating and enjoying the day. And so we're just kind of taking it all in. And in the middle of it all, I began to hear this music playing. There was a band off on the side that I hadn't seen when we first walked out. And they were playing some song. And, and I recognized the tune. I thought, I know this tune. I know this tune. And I'm, I'm listening a little bit more. And, and then I remembered. I, I remembered the group. It was this great gospel group that, that you probably all heard of. Uh, Led Zeppelin. Have you heard of that great gospel group? And they were playing the song Stairway to Heaven. And I just began to laugh. A thousand year old church and they're playing Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven. But the more I began to think about it, I began to think about the words. There's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold and she's buying a stairway to heaven. Well, in the course of the song, you may know that she discovers that you can't buy your way to heaven, that it's not possible. And so I began to think about all of these people in that day that, that they were doing that, trying to buy their way into the good things of life. There was a church service going on inside. There were hundreds of people outside. There were less than a dozen inside. We found it that way in churches all across Europe that it seemed like people had just kind of forgotten about the spirit, forgotten about the calling of God on our lives. And so this morning, I want to build a case for the Holy Spirit in your lives, in this church, and in the world. So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, back in the Old Testament, and I'm going to begin reading in chapter 31 verse 31. It'll be on the screen here. And so Jeremiah 31, 31, would you listen this morning to the word of the Lord? The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with my people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Uh, Jeremiah the prophet is prophesying about the coming of the Holy Spirit. 
that was important for us to understand, even in this day. We believe that the Holy Spirit has always been at work in the world. Amen? Amen. From the first moments of creation, we believe that the Holy Spirit was there, that the Holy Spirit was moving. In fact, we have the written word that tells us that very thing. In Genesis 1-2, it says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In the very beginning, God was at work. The Spirit was moving. The Spirit has always been at work in the world. And in the beginning, everything that God designed was perfect. Think about that. We, we've never really known perfect, but in the beginning, everything was perfect. The environment was perfect. The economy was perfect. People were perfect. Everything was perfect. You were perfect in the beginning. Would you turn to the person next to you and just say to them, you were perfect a long time ago. You were perfect a long time ago. But you see, we've never really known perfect in this world because of sin, because of the brokenness. And so I've just been thinking about a perfect world, what it was in the beginning. God the creator, God the designer, who created us in perfection. And so I've just been thinking about what that might look like. Some of you may have seen this picture before, but this will help you to think about perfection. This is perfection. There it is, all right? Can you just see it? It is perfectly designed and aligned with the Creator. You can almost just feel yourself sitting in that seat, feeling the rumble, feeling the power, knowing that it is perfectly aligned and designed with what the Creator had in mind. Well, you see, that was us in the beginning. We were perfect. We walked in the presence of the Lord. We were everything that God created us to be. And then sin came into the world, and that design was twisted and scarred. And today, we, we look a little bit more like this, okay? This is us now. That's how you were when you woke up. That's what you'll be like when you go to bed. You can see the design. You can see there was a designer. It's just not going anywhere. There is no power in the midst of all of that, and that's the way we live now. And so the Spirit says, I desire more than this for you. I desire your transformation. I desire that you could become everything that you were created to be. So in the beginning, God began to move in that very first moment after the people rebelled to say, I have a plan. I have a plan to transform, to reconcile, to heal. And so from ages past, God began to move and began to work from Adam and Eve to Noah to Moses, 1,500 years before Christ. You have this group of people that have now come together. They are the people of God, but they're slaves. And so now in Egypt, you have two million people that are all gathered together. And so it's kind of like this. You've got two million broken people, two million enslaved people that have no power to change themselves, no power to free themselves. And so I think one of the things that we need to be reminded of the people of Israel, you've studied them often. Sometimes I think in the church we kind of glorify the Israelites. We glorify those old people. Uh, the people of God, the Hebrew people in the Old Testament, they were not a special people. God didn't look down at the world and say, 
Wow, look at those folks. They're like the best in the world. They were the smallest. They were the weakest. They were a type to remind the world that without God, we are like little children sitting behind the wheel, making big sounds with no power and going nowhere. They were a type to remind us that we all need God. And so God began to be at work and began to help them to see that I want to be your God. I want to have this relationship with you. And so God goes and gets an escaped murderer named Moses who's hiding on the backside of the desert and brings him to be the rescuer. And so Moses comes and the people respond and God moves and through the plagues and sets the people free. They cross the Red Sea. They go into the wilderness. And now then, God wants to begin to have a relationship with the people. And so there is this relationship that begins to build. I have rescued you. I will be your God. You will be my people. And so he takes them to the mountain where the people will meet God. And so now then, they receive the Ten Commandments. And so the Ten Commandments, if we think about it, this was the way that God was going to begin to build a relationship with them for their transformation, to begin to live in harmony with God. Sometimes we think about the Ten Commandments and just think those were a bunch of rules. It was a relationship that was God was building with them so that they could begin to live in harmony with who God was and is so that God could begin to bring about their transformation. Well, the people turned their backs on God again and again and again. And so then comes the time of Jeremiah the prophet. I want us to look again at the, the words of the prophet, if we can. Maybe we'll look at the words of the prophet. There we go. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant. A new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It won't be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. They broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time. I'll put my law in their minds and I'll write it on their hearts. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. See, God wanted to have a relationship with us. And so I've been thinking about what it would mean for God to write on our hearts. What would it mean for God to move in your heart? Where it's, it's not that you've got a bunch of rules. It's not that you, you have to try to be this perfect person. But God writes it on your heart. It's stirred deep within you. Uh, there's a date in history that you may not remember. How many of you remember the date of May 9th, 2013? You know the importance of that date, May 9, 2013? There's one person that knows the significance of that day. That's the birthday of our granddaughter, Malevolent. It's an important day in history. Her mama was in labor for 36 hours. It was a very difficult time. Her little brother, Callan, was staying with Debbie and I. And so uh, during these nine months while Shauna was pregnant... She and Tim kept talking to their little son, who was, who was just a little guy, about this, this baby that was coming, this one that would be his sister, this one that would be so important. And they constantly were praying, talking, 
believing that God would write something on Callan's heart towards his sister. And so the day comes and, and Evelyn is born and we get the call, come on, bring Callan over. And so we went to where they were at. And so we walked into the room and we've got this little toddler that's just about 18 months. He can just barely speak a word. We brought him into the room and everybody was gathered around Shauna and, and little baby Evelyn. And Callan climbed up on the bed next to them and there was no prompting. There were no words that were spoken. And this is what happened. He just began to murmur. He put his hands together and he began to murmur over his baby sister. Just, he had seen it, he had felt that there was something that was written in his heart in the midst of those months where that baby was developing in her mother's womb. It had been written on his heart. It seems to me that this is God's design, that he wants to write something in our hearts. He wants to stir something within us. See, I think oftentimes in the church, the people of God who love God, they kind of look at the pastor. They say, Pastor Jason, when you lead us well enough, when you train us well enough, when you prepare us well enough, we're going to go out and do great things for the kingdom of God. And if we don't, whose fault is it? And it seems to me that perhaps what ought to be prayed, Lord, may it be with us as it was in the days of Pentecost when your spirit would fall upon us and stir us, when he would change our hearts and shape our lives, change our character, that we would desire to be like Christ. May it be written on our hearts to be more and more and more like Christ. In the early church, in those days, when they were just coming together, they weren't educated, they weren't organized. They were filled and sent. Filled and sent. That was the rhythm that you see again and again. They prayed for the Holy Spirit to move among them and they were filled and sent. Now, education is important. Preparation is important. Pastors are important. We're really glad that you're here. We're even more glad that you're here. Amen. <laughs> it's so good to have pastoral leadership. Amen? Amen? But that does not take away the opportunity that we have Amen. to cry out for the Spirit to be poured out upon us, that we might be filled, that we might be sent. When this service concludes, you will not be dismissed, but you will be sent in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit to give witness to the goodness of God. There's a whole world out there, what, about 700,000 people in this Fresno area. Most of them don't know Jesus. They don't understand that God loves them and that he wants to transform their lives. And we have the privilege and the opportunity to go in the power of the Spirit to extend the love of God to those all around us. To see our own lives transformed. You see, the Spirit wants to take that all broken down you and begin to move you towards the transformation of becoming more and more and more like Christ. Do you think it would be a good thing if we could be more like Jesus? All right, we got about 12 people that are convinced of that. That's good. It would be a good thing if we could be more like Jesus. Amen? 
You were created to be like Jesus. You function best when you are like Jesus. In your home, in your community, in your work, wherever you are, we were created in the image of God and the Spirit of God is speaking within us, convincing us, wooing us, correcting us, transforming us that we can be the people that we were created to be. And so we have this partnership of pastor and people for that very purpose. That we might somehow be formed and transformed, that we can be sent to be the good news in the world around us. And so this morning we have this high moment in this service to be able to install God's servant. See, God called you before you knew his name. He loved you before you knew who he was. And he wooed you. He courted you. He was reaching out to you. And finally you said, yes, Lord, my whole life, all that I am, all that I hope to be, I give it to you. And so now then they've come to be your pastoral family, to lead this group. And we believe God has great things in mind for Fresno First. Amen? Amen. About 14 people are all in on that one. That's really good. I know that you believe that God has great things in mind for this church. To see the Spirit move, that lives would be transformed, that we would be witnesses to the goodness of God. And so this morning, I want to ask Pastor Jason and Shelly if you would come up here and join me today. And we're going to do an official thing that really has been happening for a while now. We're so thankful that you guys came here, served in an interim role, and it became clear that God was up to something. And so all of you, if you have this little folder, I want to invite you to just open it up. There's a part for Pastor Jason and for Jason and Shelley and for the board and for all of you as we officially covenant together. Whenever you see me dressed up like this, it means that somebody's getting married or somebody's died or there's a really special day like this. And this is the day. And so again, from Isaiah 42, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what God the Lord says. The creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk in it, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you. And make you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the Gentiles. To open eyes that are blind. To free captives from prison. And to rejoice from the, and, and to release from the dungeons those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, former things have taken place. And new things I declare. Before they even spring into being, I announce them to you. Pastor Jason, will you accept the charge to be the spiritual leader of this church? Will you preach the word and build your ministry on sound doctrine? Will you give yourself to prayer? 
to evangelism and discipling those whom God brings into this fellowship and will you devote yourself to building up these people to become all they can be in Christ? I will. <clears throat> I will because God has called me to this ministry. I covenant with you today that I will establish my ministry upon the Bible as the word of God. I will seek to use my gifts in developing and equipping you, God's people, his beloved, for the work of ministry. I will strive to remain open and receptive in conversations intended to strengthen our ministry together. I will exercise the necessary discipline to stay mentally, spiritually, and physically fit. I will be honest in my stewardship of time and talents and treasure. I will guard my integrity and the integrity of my leadership by being open and honest regarding my ministry. And to the church board, those of you who serve on the board, wherever you may be, could I ask you to stand right now? If you're in the service today, just stay standing and I'm going to invite you to respond. As Pastor Jason has come to be your leader, members of the Fresno First Church Board, what commitments do you make to your new pastor? You may begin. Thank you. You may be seated. And to the congregation today at the beginning of this new chapter, <coughs> it is God's desire that you, in the very best sense of the word, would become family. Our Lord pictured this relationship with its warmth and meaning in the imagery of a shepherd and his sheep. And so I ask you, people of Fresno First Church of the Nazarene, what commitments do you make to your new pastor Pastor Jason, today, you may begin. And what commitments do you make to Shelley? You may begin. Pastor Jason and Shelley, what commitments do you now make to these who are now your people? We, we offer, offer ourselves to you, to you now without reservation. reservation. You, you will be our people. We will love you, trust you, believe in you, honor you. We accept you just as you are, each one, as people of worth and importance to us and to our loving Lord. We therefore covenant with you 
that all of us together will celebrate the strengths that God or that our Lord has distributed among us by his grace and we will lovingly accept each other's weaknesses without condemnation and together we will seek God's power so that we may grow in his likeness for his glory congregation you may begin all together. Today is the day of a new beginning. Today we begin a journey together. Today our paths merge. May our journey be good and may our journey be long. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Amen. Amen. Fresno first, this is your pastor. Would you greet him now? And this is your pastor's spouse. Would you greet her now? And so I want to ask you guys to just come and stand right down here. Just kind of step on out here. And I want to invite any of you that would just like to, to come and lay hands on these guys as we pray this prayer of covenant over them this morning. Any of you that want to come, just come and gather around them. You are. It is. Yeah. You said I do, brother. I heard it. We do and will and are. All right. Oh, what a good group. As you lay hands on your pastor, on Jason and Shelley, we ask God's blessing on them. Father God, we thank you for this day and for your call. We thank you that you have reached out to each of us, that your spirit has called us is working in our lives and transforming us. And so we thank you for this day when we recognize what you've been up to for a long time in calling Pastor Jason, setting him apart, forming him and transforming him that he might be a witness to your grace and that he might be the one who would communicate the good news in this place, the shepherd of this flock. And so we pray now that your blessing would be upon he and Shelley. We pray that you would protect them protect them from the attacks of the, the world, and we pray that you would give them the strength that they will need, give them wisdom beyond all that they could ever ask or imagine, give them all that they need. And I pray that you would bind them together in this place, that the minds and the hearts of this people would be one with the Spirit of God guiding and forming them. And so, Lord, May this be the beginning of a great season, a great chapter for this great church. So may you bless them. May you anoint them and give them all they need to glorify you. And we ask these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people together said, Amen. 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 Now we're not quite done yet, so just have a seat. And we're just going to move forward with communion now. I'm going to ask you if you'll take a seat, if you're able to, somewhere in the vicinity here of Jason and Shelley. If you're able to, let's, let's sit near Jason and Shelley, kind of a show of, of church unity, shall we? You guys are going to sit, where are you going to sit? Where do you want to sit? Right here? 
Okay, any of you that will, that can, I promise you no one's ever gotten a nosebleed up here. I've tried many times. It has never happened. But for those of you who are willing and are comfortable enough, let's come together, shall we? Thank you. You know, Rob and I were so excited about spending this time with you that we thought, what is more appropriate than to end a time of installing a new pastor with people who are, who are together as one, then sharing together in the communion of remembering why we are a church in the first place. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, uh, before we begin, I'm going to ask Pastor Jason and Shelley to get the elements. They're going to bring them right here. In just a minute, you're going to be able to see now you don't have to walk that far. Aren't you glad you stayed? In just a moment, you're going to be able to to come and partake of the elements, those who choose to. And I just want to say that uh, we're going to begin with a prayer. We have gluten-free here, of course. Those of you who are here all the time know that. We have issues in our, in our own children's lives for which we're always grateful when there's gluten-free option. And everyone will be coming and getting a cup as well. Um, first of all, let's pray, shall we? Father God, thank you for this opportunity together to come together in body and mind and remember who you are and what you have done for us. Lord, we ask right now that you speak to the hearts and the minds of every individual here. God, may they know what conversation they need to and want to have with you. May they be openly speaking with you right now. And for those who are trying to decide whether or not to come into that forgiven relationship, I pray that your spirit will speak to their life as well so they can do what you would ask them to do. In your precious name we pray, amen. And now Jason and Shelley are going to come and, uh, oh, they've already brought them, okay. Now the rest of you, I'd like to invite all of you to come and get one of each of the elements. Take it to your seat because we want to partake of communion together, would you? There it is. Thank you. While the music is playing, please come and take the elements that represent the bread and the drink. Come forward now, please.
go to your seats, I'm going to ask you to take a seat because it'll be a few minutes before we partake together. So please have a seat. and ask you to stay seated for just a couple of minutes. Thank you. And does our keyboard player have the elements yet? Good. Okay. And uh, if you'd like to take your seat from the keyboard, please feel free to come and join us. Come and join us. We all know that at Christmas time we celebrate the fact that Jesus came. But have you given thought to the fact that part of God, one of the Trinity, allowed himself to be confined to human form, to a tiny, helpless infant, to a mother who was thought by the community to be an unwed mother in humble, humble, poor circumstances? That was how he chose to, came to, earth, to come to earth. Never sorry. <laughs> always glad, always glad. As he grew, he showed us how to live, didn't he? And we love in the word how he shows us how to, how to live. And then, and then the time came when he was accused of a, falsely accused of a crime he did not commit. He was tortured. And over a long period of time, at least I'm sure what seemed like it to him, cruelly, nailed by hands and feet to a cross and slowly died. He could have stopped that at any time. He was fully God and human, fully human, but he chose not to. Why did he choose not to? Because he knew the plan was for him to take with him the consequences of everything we've done, 
that goes against what God created us to do, the way God created us to be, everything we've thought, we've said, we've, we've acted out on, everything in our lives, everything we've spoken, that goes against God's desires for us. He took that with him. He allowed all that to happen when he didn't have to for us, for you. And all he asks in return is that we say, thank you. Please forgive us. Take it away. Forgive us of everything. And he says that he not only forgives, he forgets. The only guilt is ours. God, heal us of that guilt because he forgives and forgets and creates in us a whole brand new transformed person. I am not showing exact scriptures, but everything I say is coming from the scriptures. Everything I say is from God's word. When he, when he died and took the consequences of our sins with him, all we have to do is ask forgiveness, and he not only gives us forgiveness, he adopts us as his children and begins the work, the Holy Spirit actually begins the work of transforming our lives. So that broken image of God within us can be healed and come alive so that people can see in our lives, as I have already seen in yours and in yours and in yours and so many others, the image of God coming through, examples of who Christ is. Because we are not just saved so we can say, yay, we've got our ticket to heaven. We are saved so that we can help to build the kingdom of God so that our lives will show who Christ is in the workplace, in the marketplace, in the schools, so that we can be Christ, that others will see who Christ truly is. There are many out there proclaiming to be Christians, and their actions are, I believe, painful and hurtful to the Lord. But then there's you, all of you who are letting God transform your lives. Now, we're not perfect, and you know right now how you want to ask God to transform your life. So as we partake of these elements, you can be in conversation with him now because it's an ongoing process. And today we are especially grateful for the Holy Spirit who works in that process. Amen? Amen. Now on the week before he died, he was with his disciples in their last supper. And he told them what was coming up, though they had no clue until it actually happened. But he did let them know in advance, please remember, remember. This is how I want you to remember. He took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Take in remembrance of me. Take and eat now. And he took the cup. And he said, this represents my blood poured out for you. Take and drink. Thanks be to God. Can we have a moment of prayer?
Father God, I thank you right now for all those who are in a relationship with you, working through the, the conflicts of life, but hand in hand with you and with your spirit, so that your image will shine through more and more, that they can reflect who you truly are. So others will want to come into relationship with you, Lord. We thank you for that. We also pray for those right now, those who might have accepted you for the first time. For that, we praise God because you say heaven rejoices when even one says, I want, I want that, that forgiven relationship. I want to walk with you and be who you want me to be, who you created me to be. I am ready to turn my life around 180, the word repent, to go from who I was before to who you created me to be. Thank you for that, Jesus. Be with us and walk with us. May we take your spirit moment by moment and day by day. In your precious name we pray. And all of God's children together said, Amen. Amen. Now, before we go, would you please stand? And if you'd like to put out your hands to kind of symbolize receiving, receiving a blessing from the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May you have the peace that transcends all understanding. And may you have with you at all times and recall that you have the Spirit of God so that you will grow and grow into that image of Christ that will reflect him to the world. And now, you are not excused. You are sent into the world to be Christ. God bless you. Pizza and prayer in the fellowship hall. Thank you.